0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, July 17th edition. Of course, you can catch all of our podcasts over at FightfulPods.com, your one-stop shop for Fightful podcasts. Not only the post-Raw, post-Smackdown show, uh, the the, uh, flagship shows, The List and your Boy, and Holy Smokes MMA podcast, but our post-pay-per-view shows as well as the old Elias Theodorou, Sean Pearson, Patrick Cote, Matt Riddle, Shane Helms shows as well. They are all in the archives. we got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, Talking Smack canceled. Of course, we'll, we will elaborate more on that tomorrow night, as it's something that we often talked about on the post-Smackdown shows. Some unfortunate news that we got to address coming for WWE that I reported on tonight, and... Kurt Angle's got a kid. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Alex, he has when a- are we going to reveal that you that Pat Fannin is your storyline child?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, how, how old is Pat
0: Fannin? Doesn't matter. Kane was <laughs> Paul Bearer's kid. That's true. Uh,
2: I don't know. We, we, I, I think you don't want to spoil it. I, I, like, I like Carlos being my <laughs> illegitimate love child.
0: Right. he's he's a hell of a oh so you're saying that pat's not worth it
2: no i just like the idea of if we're, if we're going along the same lines of this angle jordan thing we got to get uh, some, yeah a little, little okay. crazy ethnic, ethnic in there you know
0: oh boy yeah
2: because oh that that makes it better
0: <laughs> yeah it does i think it does well we'll, we'll address that all <laughs> Yeah. Also, as I reported on Fightful.com, uh, unfortunately, WWE officials have been warned of additional photo leaks that will probably be emerging from a few of their superstars. At least one. That sucks. They it keeps happening, and they've held meetings to prevent it, but it's it's unfortunate. But I just wanted to mention that we got the story up on Fightful.com. Also, talking smack canceled, yeah. Alex. Yeah. The same week that purple ropes disappear. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This isn't a coincidence, Alex.
2: Well, no, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. You know, the last thing that happened on the last ever Tuesday night episode of Talking Smack. No. John Cena, and Shane McMahon, shared a joke about what was in Shane McMahon's coffee cup whether it was Mountain Dew or vodka or moonshine. Yeah. And it was heavily implied between the heir to the throne of the company and the face of the company that Shane McMahon, the boss's son, gets drunk on the air. And, and from, from the reports we're hearing, it, that was like, okay, that's it, because Vince was at that particular night.
0: Yeah, that's what I was told. Uh, like I've heard, you've heard the things about low viewership. I was told that was not a that had nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with it. Vince saw it. Vince didn't like it. Vince said no more. And I was told that Triple H, among others, tried to say we kind of like that. It's kind of a good thing. Kind of helps some guys. And a lot of wrestlers aren't happy about it, as as you've seen on social media. Not breaking anything new there. But I'll expand on what I know tomorrow on the post SmackDown show. But we got Monday Night Raw to talk about July seventeenth, uh, guys. If you all haven't check out the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Last week was it was a great show, our most watched live show. We're gonna cover the rest of the Mayweather McGregor press tour, which we only did the first uh, leg last week. We're gonna get the last three legs this week, as, or we're gonna cover the last three legs this week as well as the Santiago Ponsa Nibio versus. Gunnar Nelson fight and preview this weekend's UFC on Fox also returning next week on the list and your boy to fightful.com Matt Riddle that's going to be a fun one wait till you all see that intro next week Uh, well maybe next week I don't know what Jimmy's gonna have up his sleeve so maybe I shouldn't have announced that for next week we may not even have video segments next week for all I know because I will be in Toronto Alex yeah it's true which, if anybody has ever watched that show, that's nothing new. I'm in Toronto all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. All the time. Sky oh. Dome. Hospitals. Yep. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Fightful.com, place to be. Live coverage. Of course, use our forums as well. Raw opened up. Dean Ambrose, just like he said he was going to do, Yep, out there. Now, I really like this segment, Alex. This did a lot of good, I thought. Seth Rollins joins Dean Ambrose, and he's like, Hey, why are you all upset at me? And Ambrose is like, hey, man, you may not remember this, but you kind of beat the shit out of me and Roman Reigns with a steel chair a few years ago. Yeah. And Rollins is like, he knew why. He knew why Ambrose was upset at him, but he just hoped that after all that, like, you know, walking around backstage at Tribute to the Troops together, that they were all cool. Like, everything was fine. But it wasn't fine. And Seth Rollins apologizes, which Dean Ambrose took great joy in, which I thought fit Dean Ambrose's character perfectly, Alex.
2: Yeah, it's so rare that you have a sincere apology in wrestling for, for, for deeds done even years ago when a guy was a heel. Later, he turns face, and it's just accepted that he's friends now with all the guys that he wronged two years ago or three years ago or whatever. So it's great to have this guy acknowledge. Yeah. I was kind of a dick and I did some things I regret and I'm really sorry for it. I never should have done that. Like that's the, the, the fact that that is such a rarity in wrestling and now we well, finally have
0: it. You know, I put, I put this in my notes, Alex, I get the feeling that we don't see this a lot because Vince McMahon's like, that's not believable. <laughs> Who would you apologize? Why would you do that? That's ridiculous.
2: I've never done anything wrong in my entire life. <laughs> if if I did, did guess, it, that's it, how it I can. did it wrong.
0: <laughs> because you really see Vince McMahon's moral compass you really come do. to life in, in, throughout all this. But Dean Ambrose really enjoyed it. I, I, I rewatched The Longest Yard this weekend. Did and you? the great Khali, big boots, Bob Sap in the face – and breaks his nose, and Adam Sandler makes the Great Collie apologize, and Bob Sapp is just overjoyed. He's like, <laughs> "I made him apologize," <laughs> and like that's how I feel like Dean Ambrose felt in that moment. Uh, pretty good stuff. I liked it. Miz Taraj came out, surrounded both guys with chairs. WWE found a way to get those Roman chants.
2: Yep, and I love that they never even acknowledge Roman. Never acknowledges that somebody that they wanted him out there or. Like nobody ever asked. Like that that backstage back interview. Somebody's like, "Hey, I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, you know, your two buddies got beaten to death with chairs."
0: You all, all it takes like is him down? saying, "I don't forgive as easily as Ambrose." That's all it I'm takes. Fine.
2: Yeah, but they need to address it. Like, like was he not at the arena yet? Like, like there's got to be a reason. Otherwise, it just looks like this guy doesn't give a shit about about his former friends, which is another way of making him like this really. Cool, aloof, and selfish kind of guy, you know, that all the ladies like because he's a bad boy. Um, I mean, whatever, <laughs> but it was, it's it just, it feels like, like that was the perfect time if he was going to get a cheer to give it to him, but they didn't want to give it nah, to him. ain't that time, it really. ain't
0: that time, you know, there not, you that. Go. Not, not, not for the Miz <laughs> nope. Taraj. That's
2: the thing, how badly have they nerfed the entire raw tag division? That there's nobody better for for the for Ambrose and Seth Rollins to feud with than Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Now I love Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, especially new you know, like dressed up for school pictures. Kurt Angle, uh, Kurt Axel, and uh, and Bo Dallas dressed up, uh, cosplaying Axel Rose. I love it, but still, this is Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins teaming up for the first time in three years. And that's who they're going to go up against.
0: Well, let me tell you, buddy, that SmackDown tag division ain't doing too much better. Mm-hmm. Right now. Yeah. Miz hits a really cool-looking skull-crushing finale onto an unfolded chair. I like that. That was mm-hmm. a little bit different. It's cool with that. Bailey defeated Alexa Bliss. Bayley uh, beat Bliss after having to overcome Nia Jax being at ringside, which was because of Sasha Banks. She came to help, got a good pop. I liked Sasha and Nia's spot that led to the drop kick into the apron. That was cool. Uh, the match really barely seemed to happen because of interference and commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Bailey gets to win. Later on, they they're like, "It's so weird, man." It was so weird. They're backstage, and Sasha's like, "My friend Bailey." I <laughs> think she deserves the title shot because she beat the champion a couple times. What silly. No. Uh they're gonna face each other next week, but come on. Come on.
2: Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those things where they're they're to, to me, it seems like they're obviously setting up for a fatal four way between those two and Naya and, and Bliss. Uh but that's not the fatal four-way that I want to see at <laughs> at SummerSlam. And by God, they might actually get around to doing the huge Haas elimination match that I've been wanting uh, for a while now. So uh, we'll talk about that later. But, yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's – my God, Bayley has pinned the champion um, is just a thing that I, I – I, uh. Champions always lose non-title matches. Always. And it's just... Bah. Bah.
0: The champs are losers, and that is never a good thing. No. Kurt Angle's backstage wondering if he should reveal his truth. Corey Graves encourages him to do it. Also backstage, Titus Worldwide is there, uh, and Davari shows up and Challenges Zawa. People do not speak like Davari did in this, and it's not his fault, Alex. No, it's not. All the writing is bad. You know how
2: I know it's bad? Because Talking Smack exists, and I get to see these people talk as themselves.
0: Wait, no, it doesn't exist. Sorry.
2: No, but it it still exists on the network. You can go back and watch that amazing Miz promo and all of Kevin Owens' amazing stuff and all the times that, that Daniel Bryan rapped with the Usos and made them the most lovable vicious heel tag team in, in recent memory. So all that stuff is there. So why don't you watch that and then write like that, as opposed to write like this,
0: which is awful. Hey, where were the tag jams tonight or last week?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I, I had heard that Seamus was filming his stuff in August so maybe he got it moved up so he could, you know, be back in time to to set up a program for SummerSlam for them. I don't know.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Don't know about all that. Don't know. Uh, like just just make mention of it. Yeah. Hey, I'm too busy to be here. I'm filming a movie. That's that's a little bit of heel heat. I'm cool with that. Samoa Joe cuts a promo. Now he does like two or three things that I don't like in promos. And somehow I walk away from the promo and I'm like, damn, that's a really good promo. It's because he's great. It's because he's, he's, he's one of the really best good at it.
2: it. He's one of the best at it. Uh, yeah. He, he The whole thing is I feel they, they still write all his crap for him, but he finds a way to make it interesting. He, this is, this is a man, a man who says a sentence. I am not a man who possesses qualms. And you go, I'm really scared of that man, that erudite English professor who does not possess qualms. I don't want him to hurt me because he's such a great actor. Um ridiculous lines. And you don't need to tell people that they see because they're standing right next to you. Um, like, it's just, it's, too, it's, it's not right. But the fact that he is able to come out of it sounding so great is a testament to him and everything he can do
0: he sounds real somehow despite those things where he repeats the question and he drops UC every single time but uh yeah uh later on we get Mustafa Ali and Jack Gallagher defeating Drew Gulak and Brian Kendrick I wonder when the last time this raw crowd saw Gulak because it sounded like never
2: (laughs) it's been a while it's been a long while Uh, He's been only on 205 Live, and by the way, doing excellent character work and a fantastic bit, where he is, if you don't watch 205 Live, he is, uh, he's playing a kind of a politician type, who is very anti-high-flying, because Drew Gulak can't do high-flying. So he comes out, he's got these political speeches about how we should get rid of high flying and all this kind of stuff. And he's trying to get Mustafa Ali, who basically his entire act is high flying, to stop doing it. It's actually really effective. And they're blowing off the feud tomorrow night in a two out of three falls match that should be great. This match was three minutes long. But
0: Mustafa was- Ali got his finish in.
2: He did. He did get his finish in, which is good. You show that to the people, get them to like the guy. But it's the first time I remember not seeing purple ropes on a cruiserweight match. And they had no match in the ring for like 15 minutes b- between the last match and this one. They had plenty of time to purple fire those ropes and they didn't. Uh, so it's either they listened to all of us and said, don't separate them, don't make it all a purple thing. Um, and it, it feels like they're less than or different from the rest of the roster. So it's either that or they've just given up on these guys entirely and are just not going to spend that extra money on purple tape.
0: I'm cool with the no purple ropes. I like it, which it's funny because you had I a heard- lot of people. I never saw anybody before this week say, they should keep the purple ropes. I like I like the purple, but this week you saw a lot of it. Why? Yeah.
2: Oh, no. Yeah, no. I I, I like it. And from all the guys on the who's roster who are tweeting – they love that there's no purple robes too. Yeah. So this is so that's why I'm 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 optimistic about this and thinking that they finally listened to everybody and said, you know what, let's make these guys a real part of the roster, as opposed to their own little weird sideshow that comes along twice an episode.
0: Up next, Enzo, Cass, and Show. Uh, I want to watch Enzo Amore and Don West have like a 10-minute conversation. I don't care if anything gets sold there. Like, something's going to get sold there. One of them is – that's that's the thing. they got to sit there and that one has to sell something to the other. And they both just try to talk each other into it, out of it, all that. Enzo carries a good promo, but it doesn't get a good reaction. The crowd was dead at this uh-huh. point. What did you think of that?
2: Uh I wonder if the crowd doesn't know where this is going because I don't like the broke up. Enzo can still talk, but he never could wrestle and um, big Cass can't really wrestle either, but he's big and, and he can't talk. So now you've slip split them up. And now you got a guy who does a really good big boot. Who's out there feuding with another even bigger guy. And Enzo's kind of like, yeah, see what I said? I said that this was going to happen. Stuff. Like, it doesn't... I don't know where this is going. Maybe they're apprehensive about that, but... um, But I like the promo. It just feels like it's... They're giving him the most time of anybody to talk, and it feels like this is not even in the top seven or eight things going on on Raw right now. So the fact that they give him so much time to talk is a little
0: odd. It's over. It's. O- I mean, it's getting over. Like, the, the YouTube numbers for Cass have been unbelievably good over like 1 million every single time
2: really good in this segment against the big show they let him be vicious and it was it was interesting because he's usually just you know hot tag guy and this time he got a chance to like be a a bit of a monster you know
0: one match is never enough in wwe like Mm -hmm. big cast he whopped Enzo Amore. Like, mm-hmm. he took him to the woodshed, it, tied him by the ankles and threw him off the top of the woodshed. Like, beat him down real bad at whatever, the great balls of fire, beat him up. Yep. And they're, they're trying to angle in another Enzo match, or they're probably going to get a, another big show match out of this. But, yeah, I, I like that. It, it's, it's 50-50 booking without a pinfall, which is a little bit better than with a pinfall because, man, they used to do that so much. They don't as much anymore, so that's good. But I'm sure when you're booking that much TV, it's kind of hard to not book that way and get people in matches. There was something missing here to me, but I get what they're doing, and I'll Mm -hmm. see it through. Yeah. I tweeted this earlier. WWE should have someone interrupt an Elias Sampson song. That would be a good new storyline, and especially if Finn Balor did it. Yeah. be a hot new angle if they haven't tried. Right. Um, I'll, I'll to be completely serious, though. I really like their segment.
2: I'd, I, Elias Sampson. I cannot believe I'm watching the same guy that was in NXT they're letting him do stuff they never he was never allowed to try in, in NXT. Like he did this thing where he did a, like a uh, electric chair into a power bomb. That was great. It's, it really helps him out. He's wrestling um, uh, Balor who he outweighs by like 60 pounds. So like he could toss him around the ring, makes himself look really strong. Um, I liked him in this match. I thought the whole thing went really well. He, they, they finally let him hit a dude with a guitar. So now he's gone full snap. On the shoulder. That was a nasty one. Oh, yeah. They, Finn posted a, a picture of it. He's got cuts on his head from it, too. Um, that, that boy done went full slap nuts on him. And in Nashville. So they, they knew where they were. and They let him go, go with it. So it's interesting. And then after you go, oh, wow, this was a good match and I like these two guys working together, and I want to see more of that, Bray Wyatt shows up on the Jumbotron, and I go, oh, yeah, that's right, you exist. And this is this is a guy, me, who loves Bray Wyatt, what he could be. But what he is is just, like, it's dog poop. I don't want to see dog poop. It is. It's, yeah. Duty! Yeah, it, it, I don't want to
1: see dog poop.
0: I am Man, over him as a character and the guy was trying to tell me oh it's different if you listen I'm like ha ah, ha I'm not falling for that shit again oh, no. <laughs> I fool me once come no. on now not no. doing that yeah. I get it hey, Finn Balor, you are <laughs> a demon but you are also human and you feel pain that's what it's like you feel pain you are a myth a myth Okay, I get it. He ain't real, just like John Cena wasn't real, and Dean Ambrose wasn't real, and Roman Reigns wasn't real. I get it, Bray. Right. I get it. At some point, it ain't just WWE creative. Sometimes it just doesn't click. Right. It didn't click in for him. No. I bought um, a crazy backwoods dude who could beat people up a lot more uh-huh. than I beat up dreadlocked audio visual guy. Yeah. Uh,
2: this is the whole thing is that somewhere along the line, they took a hard wrong turn with him. Like the guy like, yeah, he's a backwoods cult leader, but most of those guys, they know they're full of shit. And that's the fun part is where you could play with him. Like getting guys like Luke Harper, and Eric Rowan to follow him, but knowing the whole time that he's telling them lies. That's interesting. This guy, who is having delusions that he's a god, is, is not fun. Uh, it's just, it's not. And next week, they're going to have an Elias Sampson versus Finn Balor no disqualification match. Good. A.K.A. Uh, a Bray Wyatt interferes, ah. costs Finn Balor the match, and starts their feud for SummerSlam match. Yeah. And it's so obvious, and I don't want to see it.
0: I hope uh, Samson hits that sweet reversal into a sit down Bower Bomb again because that ruled. Yeah, we'll I see. really enjoyed this match. Good stuff. Defari defeated Akira Tozawa. This was a fine match. Further furthered a storyline. Got a couple more guys on TV. So we got like, what, six Cruiserweight guys on TV this week? Plus, Titus rules. Yeah. Tozawa was pissed over the yeah. stoppage. He didn't want the match stopped, and I—they're playing this real well, real well. Where Titus legitimately cares about mm-hmm. the guys that he is managing. It's not a money grab for him. He cares, and he said as much later on when Tazawa was was upset.
2: Yeah, um, I like this. It's it's interesting. It's different. Uh, a guy getting the match stopped on him by his manager, basically. Um, uh, to say, you know, like, I don't want you getting hurt more when, when you know, uh, Davari wouldn't let up on the shoulder that he supposedly injured last week when Neville attacked him. Um, so I'm, it furthers the storyline. Um, I don't think Tozawa takes the belt off of Neville. So um, I'm fine with Tozawa not getting a rematch. Uh, I was fine with Tozawa not getting rematch after um, – after balls of fire or his rematch, you know, getting it the next night on raw or Two O Five five live and then moving on. I want to get through all these guys who are pretenders before we get to the guy who takes it off of Neville. Um, and I don't need the guys who are obvious pretenders to get multiple shots at the title. I just, I, I want Neville to keep plowing through dudes um, and, and just being this great guy, let him keep the damn belt for a year and lose it at Royal Rumble next year. Keep it through Mania next year. As long as he keeps going through all of these great title contenders, like Ali and Cedric Alexander, hell, he could do another program with, with, uh, with Gallagher since they haven't done anything together since March. Like, let him do in a little cycle of all these baby faces that can come in and go up against him. But I don't even see these guys back-to-back. It just kind of deadens it for me.
0: Yeah. No purple ropes, though. Kurt Angle comes out. They found a way to plug his WDB 24. (laughs) I've overcome some things, as you may have seen in my WDB 24. (laughs) Like, ah, ah, good guy, good guy. When he was in college, come on, we all, if, let's be honest, if we, any of us who suspected this, we knew the story. Right, we didn't know who, right. but we knew the story. Right. He was in college. He dated a girl. After they split up, she had a kid. He found out that it was Jason Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with it. I like it. <laughs> um, listen, uh, there are a lot of people
2: who are upset by it, and I think that what they're upset by is that this means the end of American Alpha. And the thing was. They tried everything they could think of. I could think of other things. But they were done with American Alpha. You could tell. So, rather than just burying these dudes as also rands in the tag division on SmackDown, move one of them over here to Raw, give him a hot angle, not no pun intended, with GM uh, as his dad, And, and let him see what he can do as a singles performer. And over on SmackDown, uh, Chad Gable is having, like, match of the night um, with AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. And I'm sure he'll get in there with, with uh, Nakamura and John Cena and Baron Corbin and all these other the top guys. He could be that, that up-and-comer who doesn't quite get over the hill until he does. And maybe by then you'll have the goodwill to actually do something about it. Um, but I'd much rather see this than anything involving Stephanie McMahon or God forbid Dixie Carter as like, you
0: know, his you affair. fools had to be out of your mind to think that they were going to put Dixie Carter.
2: I mean, really
0: in- <sighs> Dixie Carter <laughs> man. So, uh, Ryan Satin had a great idea that Chad Gable should go on a partner search like Jason Jordan did and discover Shelton Benjamin. I think that'd be great. I think you could learn a lot from Shelton Benjamin. Did Uh, you see uh, A fun fact Jason Jordan has not lost a WWE or NXT televised singles match in over three years. Wow. Interesting. So, Um, so, did you see uh, Gable's tweet? I didn't. What did it say?
2: During the segment. Like, right after Jordan came out, the tweet was, uh, what? <laughs> that was the whole tweet. Uh, <laughs> what? So I love that Gable doesn't, didn't know ahead of time, uh, at least in this kayfabe thing. Um, I also want him to follow Jordan to Raw and be like, dude, what's up? You never told me? And play up, and they could, they could feud against each other for a while. That'd be fun. Like,
0: I kind of just want Gable to stick around on SmackDown and be, like, puzzled for a couple of weeks. Like, I don't know. I've been wrestling singles for a while. I kind of get the feeling something was up. Maybe he could go to Sammy Wow Wow for guidance. Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> so this, the, the Jason Jordan thing, I'm, I'm very interested in it. I think that he is a good selection. He, But see, the thing was, before Chad Gable, this was a guy who was struggling to find his footing. He couldn't put it all together. Over the past few weeks, maybe a month, the WWE broke up Enzo and Cass and American Alpha. That's two big, big, big baby face teams. Now Enzo or American Alpha weren't on TV anyway. So I guess you're, you're not hurting for anything there. In the Post-RAW interview, Jason Jordan said he found out he was adopted in college. He's very grateful to have a loving foster family, but wondered where he got his athletic ability since his family was not good at sports. He wanted to know more about his biological family. Apparently, other than that, they weren't good at sports. (laughs) But felt that it was disrespectful to his family, and they were supportive. He found out through a mutual friend who got him a private investigator. He's ecstatic to have Angle as a father. Jordan refutes that uh, being Angle's son would guarantee a major push from the company. He says that, Angle says that Jordan has the three eyes, and Angle spoke briefly on the phone with Jordan's biological mother. He said that uh, he was worried and nervous the fans would boo him, and Jordan said that he was also nervous about how it would work. Angle said he has a second chance at being a father and wants there to, uh, to be there for his son after losing so many family members. Huh.
2: Interesting. Um, I will say that the segment itself in the ring, they both sold me on this. I have not seen the interview yet. What you tell me, interesting. Uh, I want to see their performances because in the ring, they sold me on it. Like angle was holding back tears. Uh, the hug felt real. Like all of this is obviously the workiest of works, but I'm, I'm, I'm into it to see where it goes from here. Some people are saying, obviously, this is just Jason Jordan lying and saying that he's Angle's son so he can get a big push from the company. And then when Angle finds out he was lying, there's going to be a big thing and they're going to have a match against each other. Yes. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, that is one way that it could go, but I wouldn't say obviously. I mean, it's it, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But but I, I hope that Jason Jordan retires in canon as kurt angle's son i yeah. hope
0: that i hope it goes that that far but we'll see we will see a lot of people were upset about it but as i mentioned before paul bearer was kane's dad on tv no. and he no. was 13 years older <laughs> what kind of weird shit was kane's mom into <laughs> I'm cool with it, uh, Jason Jordan. As I said off air, you've seen the gif of like Vince McMahon looking like he first discovered Jason Jordan. And he's like, oh. And Jason Jordan's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. (laughs) One of those. So (laughs) Jason Jordan is a guy who is, I think he's still 28. He might turn 29 this Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. A 28 year old kid who is. Worked for five years for the W WD- or six years for WWE, has a good amateur background. He's 6'3, 245, the kind of guy that the WWE would love to push as an underdog. Oh, yeah!
2: <laughs> oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! This guy has no chance, no chance against all of the other guys you can wrestle. This guy couldn't possibly deal with anybody else. <laughs> We gotta make sure that we push
0: him as an underdog. You like the- how has a six foot three, two hundred and forty pound son of an Olympic gold medalist who is an outstanding amateur wrestler, overcome the odds with his traps the size of minivans? <laughs> and his vast do it? His- if anybody can do it, the gold-blooded Jason Jordan can do it. <laughs>
2: How with his vast array of over-the-head toss Billy to Billy suplexes? How could this guy possibly get over? Where, where he doesn't even have to bridge, he just <laughs> launches the guy. Like, like this is the thing. Go back to NXT and watch their match they had against uh, Authors of Pain, and watch this dude toss around both Razor and Akam like they're nothing. Oh, this is why, and I will predict this later. I I have. A great first feud for Jason Jordan later this year. Who? We'll, we'll talk. Well, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later in this. In oh, the not the
0: one you pits me yeah, off. There. Yeah, that's yeah like that garbage storyline. Oh, it's gonna be great. No, you you're trying to get him booed out of the building? No, no, no. Man, I got all these people that are upset at me that I say that Braun versus Roman is one of my favorite. Feuds ever now. We'll get to that because it is. I love it.
2: It's good.
0: The revival defeated the Hardy Boys. It is kicked ass. I have missed seeing the revival in the ring. uh The angle angle got the crowd cooking. Mm-hmm. And this one, this one was in there. This one sautéed the crowd. They were like, yeah, the whole time they were just ready. <laughs> Outstanding match. Fundamentally sound. Huge win for the revival. And it's like, what more could you want? You have. The prototypical babyface team against the prototypical heel team, mm-hmm. and they did their babyface things and they did their heel things, and the crowd was like, "Give me more!" Mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Yeah, this was pay-per-view quality.
2: This, this is this. I hope this, I hope is the first of in a series of matches between these two. Uh, I love that the Hardys are doing this without the titles. They're basically just gatekeepers for the Revival. Now, the Revival will have the titles at some point as this tag team on Raw. But I don't think they take them off of Seamus and Cesaro. Although I would love to see those guys go at it, too. Um, So I'm interested to see who takes it off of Seamus and Cesaro as a bridge to the Revival. Because uh, the Revival are, are the top tag team in the world, in my opinion. And um, they can wrestle anybody and make it look amazing. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the Hardys putting over these uh, these young guys uh, and, and making them look really, really dangerous, which is great, which is what they should.
0: So let's talk about the story that emerged this week about the Hardys, Global Force, and – the broken gimmick. This is usually the type of thing we'll reserve for the list and your boy on Wednesdays live at 3 p.m. But it's it's such a big thing that I think that we should. Now, the reports came out that, like, the high end of the offer was, like, $20,000 for the gimmick. I'm right. sitting there thinking, Jimmy Van might have paid that off to get good publicity. <laughs> he offered he offered Cornet and Russo, like, Ten thousand each for for debate. If he could be the guy that got the broken gimmick back in possession of the Hardys, he might be like, "Oh, you know what? That's a good idea. That's my best (laughs) Jimmy Van impersonation." Sorry, it's pretty good. Yeah, I I thought it was. But then Jeff Jarrett Global Force stepped in and said, "Well, we want fifty percent of everything, including Jeff's art and music." Now, keep in mind the reason why Jeff can say. Will fade away and become obsolete is because he wrote that in a fucking song two or three years ago. Yeah. yeah. So even like lines like that would probably have something to something to do that. It's it's rough. It's weird. Now, also, which I thought was a hilarious and probably fitting stipulation. Mm-hmm. It would be a thousand dollars if Rebbe said anything negative about Anthem, and then a subsequent five thousand dollars, which With each individual, uh, uh, additional tweet, which I think is more than fair.
2: Totally fair.
0: I love this whole situation.
2: That I loved it last week. Jarrett on his little conference call says, Nope, there's no agreement. And Rebbe immediately goes, Oh, isn't there? Well, that's great because now if there's not an agreement, then I can say whatever I want to about you, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, yeah, that was that was great. Um, she she's like, I'm going to pr- print off a whole new batch of those fuck that owl t-shirts and I'm going to send them out for everybody. <laughs> like, like, listen, the $20,000 that might be, might've been a little low, you know, like, but like, absolutely. If I'm the Hardys, sure. I'll pay that and I'll take my gimmick and I'll go and I'll do stuff with it. But then to say at the last minute, Oh, and by the way, we want 50% of all your merch.
0: That's ridiculous. It's weird. That's yeah. Ridiculous. That's well, like- Do you, you remember how their contract negotiations went. Now, I'll I'll say this from Matt's side. He, as I reported on Fightful.com, he's been very confident all along that if it goes the legal route, he's going to somehow win. Not only that, he's pretty confident he's going to own a lot more than the name. Like, huh. like he he may end up owning a little more, according to him. But uh, the negotiations for the thing, like the Hardys, were like you know, we'll come back and we'll drop the titles and stuff. And they're like, no, no, we don't want you to. And it's like, that's weird. And it's funny because when I spoke to Matt Hardy before he signed with WWE, one of the things that he told me was that Jeff Jarrett was like, wait till I have my Global Force Wrestling TV deal. This is in like January, dude. Mm -hmm. And what is the company called now?
2: Global Force Wrestling.
0: They're... When I spoke to Matt about this months ago, it's weird. It's almost like he was a soothsayer because every single thing that he said would happen did happen, up until the to winning the the, the gimmick over and stuff. And I've talked to a lot of people from Impact, and they're they're batting about two fifty right now. They're they're not they're not hitting so hot. So I guess we'll see how how it ends up going. But that's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a fun story to tackle. A fun story to tackle is Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. These are the two keys of the revival of the American sirloin beef sons of bitches division. And they perform accordingly, Alex. I don't know anyone that is a better hoss wrestler than Samoa Joe. But Roman Reigns is trying to take that crown from him because he's like, give it to me and I'm going to give it right back to you. The crowd is wild. They cared. They were on their feet. The crowd was jumping up and down. They were throwing their arms in the air. This was good stuff.
2: Oh, it's so good. Listen, we need a prolonged feud Mm -hmm. between these two dudes over which one of them gets to be Samoan Joseph on this program. These guys stiffed the Christmas out of each other, and I loved it. It's great. These guys work so well together. Um Roman can can learn a lot from a guy who's been in the business for 18 years. You know what I mean? And these guys can work together really, really well. I love this match. I love the implications of it. And I love that my prediction from last week came true. And, and we got another giant sirloin beef hoss who came down to the ring and made me smile. Made me That green have, ear to ear. have
0: implications that involve a fourth. Yes. In fact, a fourth. American sirloin beef sons of bitch. Yeah. This is good. Braun is great. Joe is great. Reigns was great. There was this spot where Strowman threw Reigns from the floor <laughs> over the second rope into the ring. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> now, just, just see the dexterity that it took from both men to accomplish right. such a thing. Right. it's pretty impressive.
2: There was a stare down between Samoa Samoa Joe and Braun that I loved. I just I love that it's that these three guys and and the fourth, Brock Lesnar, don't give a crap about allegiances or alliances or babyface heel alignments. They just want to beat the crap out of people. I love that you get four guys who who are just out to like cause pain and we could potentially hopefully my god why wouldn't you do this? see four of these guys in a four-way, hopefully, elimination match for the title at SummerSlam.
0: My God. My God. So Joe locks in the Kikina Clutch and almost has Strowman out. It's remarkable that after he got beat by that one half five that people still care about him, Alex.
2: I know, I know. I thought he was buried. It is buried.
0: Yeah, Mark Hunt's doing okay, and he didn't even take an F five when he lost. But uh, Roman Reigns hits Strowman with the Superman punch, and it kind of breaks the Coquina clutch up as Strowman was about to go out. Do you think that will play a role in like Joe being like, will he be a little pissy at Roman? Like I had him, I had him out. Okay,
2: here's what I love about this: this match wasn't a no DQ match. This match was a regular match. Braun came out. And then if you go back and watch the match, right after Braun is in the ring, you can see in the background the ref just nope his way over to the scorers area at a little jog and sit down and put his head in his hands, like, I'm not dealing with any of this stuff today. <laughs> Nobody rang the bell. It was just, you know, a free-for-all. Um, I love that, yeah, I think I think Samoa Joe absolutely believes he could he could beat Braun Strowman one-on-one, and it wouldn't even be close. I love that Samoa Joe is a monster hunter. I love that that's his character, and it's, it's great. Um, and so, yeah, he should be pissy at Roman about this whole thing. Like, but I love that, that Braun Strowman took on these two dudes at the same time and walked away. Like, that's, that's who you've built. And if you keep building him to this point, think of the things you could do with him as your champ and think of what you could do, what it would mean when you finally have the right guy to take the belt off of him. Like Braun Strowman is a he really is becoming this a once in a generation yeah. type of monster. I mean
0: they they really lucked out that he emerged around the time the Undertaker was dunzo. Yeah. Very, very lucky. Now will he replace the Undertaker. Boy, that's a that's not a damn thing. near impossible. Ain't nobody gonna replace thing. him. No. Hey guys, uh, wish Kyler James a happy birthday. He is our social media guy. He, his birthday was, uh, I believe this, I believe yesterday. It doesn't matter when it was really. It's it's Kyler, but you'll see him with the ranch over on the YouTube chat. Tell him happy birthday. Also, visit our fightful.com forums. Some topics up there right now are making WWE real. Uh, King of Indie Styles NXT Portland experience, where he wrote an awesome review up there for that. How WWE will change once Triple H takes over, uh, and you know, New Japan G1 Climax 27, which we had live coverage of this morning. I checked it out, enjoyed the show. Not the best show I've seen, but you know they they really get cooking uh, throughout the middle of that. We're gonna have live coverage of all those New Japan G1 shows, so come over, uh, hang out in our live coverage area. And uh, talk about the shows. It's a lot of fun. Also, uh, Ring of Honor, they're airing the UK War of the Worlds tour on iPay-per-view. And they announced that New Japan is going to be, they're going to be doing additional dates in the States with New Japan in October. Now, this is nothing new. They've done that. With New Japan getting the type of momentum they did, Earlier this month, I think that having their presence around is probably a good thing. But I, I how long do you see that relationship lasting, Alex? It seems like New Japan's like, you know, you probably need us a little more than we need you. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, it used to be the other way around in the States. But no, New Japan, because of, you know, the global nature of the internet and being able to watch things on demand. And just, here's, here's what I think it is. I think GIFs on Twitter... Have made New Japan into a into a and much bigger phenomenon.
0: Help. Social like, media is it's so a, helpful. It, they,
2: you follow certain guys on Twitter who jiff uh, New Japan, and you can get a whole match in a series of things that like basically wow, all the best spots, all the cool stuff that they do. You can see all of it and go, you know what? I want to check out these full matches where just before you might not even known where these big guys are or been able to see anything or know what it was. Now it's all there at your fingertips. Um, you know, now today you can see you know, second rope pile drivers and go, wow, that was unsafe. And I kind of want to watch that match now, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the rest of the G1.
0: Also wanted to extend my condolences to the friends and family of Don Shea White. He was the amateur MMA fighter who passed away here in Kentucky, uh, following a fight in Louisville. Uh, unfortunate story and it's it's a black eye on the sport and it's unfortunate that that a young man lost his life so early and we don't know what happened as of yet but uh, i wanted to extend my condolences to him his family and his friends alex how are you gonna handle fightful.com when i am gone next week to toronto (laughs)
2: Uh I don't know. I'm going to have hopefully some help from our other uh buddies around here. I know. That'll be fun. Uh um I'm hoping I don't have to do all of your SEO stuff and ad placement and all this. No, 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 no. They'll say that for
0: me. They'll probably make me do that on site. (laughs) I've I've been learning a lot about that, which you you probably already know more than I do about that because I didn't know this, and Jimmy didn't know this. You worked in SEO before Fightful, and when I, I told Jimmy, he was like, "What?" <laughs> He's like, "That would have been handy to know."
2: Thanks. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's been a, a long time, and I tried to forget it as soon as possible when I got out of that into a more creative role at my old at my old job. But uh, yeah, no, I've I've done it. It's it can be tiring and thankless work, and uh, so. <laughs> Uh, I, I much appreciate being in the uh, other side of that on
0: the internet. Speaking of uh, tiring, I didn't do a Fightful Books that are members only podcast last week. I know some of you were expecting it since we didn't have any shows uh, this week or this weekend, but it was really, when you look at the schedule, probably my only weekend where I had an opportunity to have off this summer. So I took that. I didn't even go to WWE show in Lexington. There were a lot of people who, I wanted to hang out with uh, that were gonna be there, and unfortunately, I didn't get to do that. But, but uh, yeah, like it's we don't get that opportunity much. But I I will, uh, I will bring those back very soon. Did you see EC3's tweet to Kurt Angle? I did not. At five forty two, he said, "Am I your nephew?" Uh, that's good. A couple other news tidbits that I noticed uh, from around the world: Billy Gunn at clever, clever Billy Gunn. As soon as the WWE's trademark on his name lapsed, he was like mine. <laughs> Pick that up, yeah, immediately. Like he was probably sitting there waiting on it, like PWG tickets going on sale. Like he's got the multiple screens open. <laughs> click, click, click. <laughs> got that. Clever stuff. Clever stuff. I like it. Also, um, we got – what else do we have? What's this weekend? Battleground Sunday? Battleground is Sunday, yeah. Battleground Sunday. We got a post-UFC on Fox show Saturday. I will be previewing that event with Showdown Joe tomorrow. Also, we'll be talking about UFC Glasgow and the Mayweather-McGregor stuff. Also, UFC announced a new weight division today, 125 pounds, the straw weight division. Women's Straw Weight, uh, the first episode of The Ultimate Fighter, uh, airs on my birthday, August 30th, actually, and they're going to determine a new champion, so I'll be watching that. We're, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. The List and your Boy last week, we had DDP and the Best of the bro cast to get you all ready for Matt Riddle, who eh, probably either next week or the week after, we'll have the Bro Spot. And I showed Alex the intro today. It's pretty what great. What do it's think, Alex?
2: It's, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing.
0: Needless to say, we still got it. Yeah. Oh, you still. We got still it. got. We still yeah. got it. Yeah. We still got it, guys. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Follow Alex at Pawlowski the Fourth. Follow me at Sean Rossap.
2: Sean, Sean, I've, I've, te- I've, I've, teased it on Twitter. I gotta have oh, ten seconds
0: no. to get my trash idea for what they're gonna do next week. I tried to
2: get off the air before you could. I know. I know. Here you go. So Braun wants competition, right? He wants to be in this match. And angle's gonna tell him no. So he's gonna hurt Jason. He's gonna hurt Jason Jordan. He's gonna hurt Kurt Angle's kid until Kurt says yes. Because that's how they handle things in the WWE. Can you beat on somebody until you get your you won't
0: make Jason Jordan a little bitch that soon, I don't think.
2: Oh no, the Jason Jordan just keeps getting up. And you know, like he won't stay down, and so Braun's he's like the
0: underdog because the underdog,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> he's the underdog. We already talked about it. So, 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 so Braun's like, Kurt, you better tell your boy to stay down, or I'm really gonna hurt him. Like, you can't, you'd oh. not see that happening. I can. T- I mean, I, I don't think they should go in that direction, but, but somehow, some way. Jason uh, Jordan's getting involved in in this storyline with angle as the gm I think if the, if the, if the rumors are true and they're not going to let Kurt Angle wrestle at least not for a while, at least he's got a he's got a he's got a son now that can wrestle in his stead as his proxy, so we might see what what happens with that. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with Braun next week coming out yeah. of this angle because that was hot.
0: Guys uh visit us. On the Fightful forums at Fightful.com. Of course, tomorrow night, right after SmackDown. Tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern. Holy smokes, MMA podcast. Hey, head over to uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. I'm going to start doing a thing. I think if people buy two or three shirts from there, I might let them decide what one of our Fightful books it will be. Hot diggity damn. Until next time, guys. Subscribe, like, thumbs us up. That stuff helps. We're out.